0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the award-winning Great Indoors is proud to come to the fabulous Las Vegas Convention Center, MWC 2022. Baby, let's make it amazing.
1: Thank you, Frank. Yes, this is season five of TGI and here in Las Vegas, as the GSMA's official podcast, I am joined by a multitude of incredible guests from across the industry and not forgetting also my producer and co-pilot, Larissa Yee. Now this is the fourth episode of the incredible conversations that we captured at North America's biggest telecoms and technology show. And I was really proud to be joined in this particular episode by guests who are making huge strides in the world of IoT, internet of things. We have Brian Lubel, who is the EVP of Connected Health at CORE and a fellow Brit, Steve Statler, who is the SVP of Marketing at Williot. Now, Williot are doing some incredible stuff in this domain, and we will be talking about Ambient IoT, amongst other things. Now, the vaults forward in IoT in the last couple of years have been incredible, driven specifically in many instances by the pandemic. So these are fantastically insightful conversations. So buckle up and let's get started. Okay, so my next guest on the Great Indoors here at MWC Twenty Two in Las Vegas is Brian Lubel, who's the EVP of Connected Health at Core. Welcome to the Great Indoors. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you having us here. Yeah, thank you. It's great. And it's great to have somebody back from Core because uh, you guys were in Los Angeles last year, and we spoke with your CEO, and we had a great conversation. Uh, so, just for our, our listeners. Give us a background on, you know, a very quick overview on, on what Core is doing, what's happened in the last 12 months, and more specifically, your role as the EVP of uh, Connected Health.
2: Sure, sure. Well, well, let's start first with kind of a broader view of what's happening with Core. So Core continues to put a, a real strong focus on helping enterprise customers adopt IoT technology and try to simplify Mm -hmm. what is a very complex process, right? There's Mm -hmm. a very complex ecosystem. It requires a lot of players, it requires organizations to either uh, find a robust set of partners to help them implement or to bring in so much internal subject matter expertise that may not be uh, their their wheelhouse in the business that they're doing. And that kind of translates to what we do in Connected Health, which is our customers in Connected Health, their focus is on making Patients' lives better, improving patients' out- outcomes, helping them live with chronic diseases and have a more mm-hmm. uh, fulfilled life. And so that's where really their expertise is. Where their expertise is not is how to how to IoT enable or how to um, you know make the collection of critical data coming back to monitor those those patients and their progress. That's not what yeah. they they live and breathe for. So we try to become that subject matter expert and help them do that across the across the globe.
1: And your customers are the the doctors, the hospitals, et cetera?
2: Well, it's a broad range. So typically, our traditional customers have been med tech, medical device manufacturers who want to IoT enable their therapy or their solution. That's expanded into companies that focus on really unique value in remote patient monitoring because there's there's a lot of value to add in terms of helping what we call provider networks or the doctors that we all go to see on a day-to-day basis, helping them use this data in a meaningful way. So, you know, just getting, Uh, You know, no doctor wants to see 62 blood pressure readings from Brian Lubell a day. (laughs) They want want to see some interesting of synthesized information about how I'm progressing with the disease state and if my blood pressure is raised are there other factors that maybe require them and their care delivery team to intervene and help me avoid a crisis or help me avoid mm-hmm. you know getting worse and so right. th- there's a whole suite of companies out there that do analytics that do workflow optimization care delivery optimization yeah. um, patient engagement just getting patients engaged with the process to help yeah, bring yeah. the cost of healthcare care down right? yeah, yeah. And then uh, other types of customers that have really been growing for us in the last five years are pharmaceutical sponsors and what are called uh, clinical research organizations. These are the people that run clinical trials. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, it'd be really interesting to, to chat with you and tell you about what's happening in that yeah, space absolutely. as well, because it, it affected all of our lives in yeah. the last three years with the COVID pandemic.
1: Yeah. So let's, and let's talk about what's happened since COVID, particularly you know, when we talk about IoT adoption, and when we you know, uh, speculate on, on how it can look uh, in the future. You know, we talk about replacing doctor surgeries with data centers, and like you said, doing the analysis, doing the uh, proactive care and the proactive measures. You know, we all have our smart devices now that are taking our blood pressure, the sensors that, that are monitoring us constantly. So how does that play into your model? And also how have things been propelled because of the pandemic? Because obviously, I think that was a an inflection point because people were f- in, in many different fields, but particularly in, in remote healthcare, that was something that
2: became a real thing during the pandemic. So Absolutely. has that
1: been a big push?
2: It has, so, so pre-pandemic, connected health was already on a pretty aggressive growth trajectory we were seeing that because and and there were two main drivers which should always be well the one main driver that should always be number one is improving patient outcomes improving patients lives because you can you can treat them more effectively and you can you can guide them more effectively the second piece which is important uh, is really important is how to help control the cost of, of healthcare. Because mm-hmm. if healthcare continues on the cost trajectory that it's on, it will become unaffordable for the vast majority of, of people unless you're just ultra wealthy and can yeah. afford, you know, to that delivery. So we, we have to find ways to bring the cost of healthcare down. Now, the pandemic introduced um, some really interesting dynamics um, for both healthcare delivery as well as for this other area I've been talking about, which is clinical trials. And first, we all know how overwhelmed the healthcare system became in the first year of the Mm -hmm. pandemic and that our healthcare delivery teams were exhausted and overworked and um, it just became something that they, they couldn't absorb any more volume. Just as importantly, there were people that didn't have COVID but had other very serious health afflictions that couldn't get healthcare yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. number one, you don't want them anywhere near a yeah. healthcare clinic that is overwhelmed with COVID-positive patients in yeah, the yeah. early days of the pandemic, yeah. and number two, just the health system couldn't couldn't accommodate them. And, and number three, I think from a cultural
1: perspective, people deferred care because they just
2: didn't want to go wanna out of their go. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so we saw. We, so, so there's many different subsegments in connected health. We saw a huge acceleration of what's called telehealth or telemedicine, mm-hmm. which is the IoT enablement of a doctor communicating directly with you, or at least some form of care personnel, whether it be a registered nurse or a physician's assistant, mm-hmm. to be able to have an interaction with you. And in the in the very beginning, it was just simply, a, you know, a teleconference where they could yeah, talk yeah. to you and hear about your symptoms. And then technology continue to intervene and things you know being able to you know you, you maybe you have a, a lesion that you want to hold your your camera from your yeah, smartphone yeah. to so that the doctor can see it so yeah. basic things that started to accelerate at the same time in the drug trial business so we, we went from in 2017 there were 278 thousand registered phase three drug trials in the world and this year We're all approaching 700,000 registered drug trials. Having the traditional way to deliver a drug trial is to have study participants come into a clinic to get enrolled. Well, you don't want those people coming into a clinic that's overwhelmed with COVID. And so there was a real, very accelerated migration, this inflection point you're talking to. Yeah. How do we get people into drug trials and start the therapies and monitor them closely without having them come in and meet clinicians in a, in a clinical environment? Yeah. So we had to be able to do that in a decentralized way, give them kits and technology so that we could capture that data remotely. But
1: and, and, and there was a time issue here to do this. If you look at the, the COVID things, it was a race against time as well as a change in process, right?
2: Exactly. So if you look at a traditional drug trial that does not use what we call EDC, electronic data capture, if you look at a drug trial in general, uh, phase one of a drug trial is where they give the experimental compound or the experimental therapy to a perfectly healthy normal person that has no disease state to make sure it does no harm or damage. You know, the, 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 yeah. yeah right? Uh, Phase two of the drug trial is in a very very controlled environment typically in hospital and clinic you're giving that same drug or therapy to someone who does have the disease state but again you're making sure that it doesn't does not do more harm than good you're not really they're doing measurement on the efficacy but you're really doing it in a controlled environment. Right. Phase three is a very broad trial where you're trying, it's just before commercialization. You're trying to get data, they're typically something called a double blind trial right. where the study participant does not know if they have the real therapy or a placebo and the doctors who are administering it don't know if it's a real therapy uh, or a the placebo. Okay. So you have basically a completely yeah, yeah. anonymous yeah. you know, t- test in terms of is this therapy really impacting yeah, yeah. the disease state. That's the phase that we typically get engaged with. That's the phase that we're all waiting and anxiously waiting for with the COVID vaccine. If we followed the original drug trial path and timeline without this IoT enablement and electronic data capture, that's typically a two-and-a-half to three-year process, which means we would be just getting the first versions of those vaccines now. Yeah, yeah. Millions of people would have died yeah, that yeah. didn't because yeah. we were able to accelerate that. And when I say we, I'm, not, I'm certainly not speaking about... We meaning core, I'm talking about we, the The industry, industry was able to really respond to that.
1: Yeah, and And, and that's fascinating. And as as that president of expediting the process to market, has has that become the new normal, as it were? Yeah, I think, I mean, I
2: think the COVID vaccine was a little... Faster, so, so first certainly they were authorized under emergency use first, which typically mm-hmm. you you don't um, issue an emergency use. You wait to finish the complete trial. You wait for the you know all of the final data to come in. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't wait. I mean, as a pop, as a human yeah, race, yeah, we couldn't yeah, wait yeah. because we were seeing yeah. such huge fatality rates with yeah. this virus. Um, but yes, we're seeing. Uh, we're seeing two things happen in, in clinical trials so this migration to decentralized trials where study participants don't have to come in to the clinic and can still participate and get very accurate data validated with the protocol of the trial that used to take that used to happen in serial not in parallel so you basically would collect the data in the trial then you'd go back and send a validation team out to make sure the data was collected in the proper protocol and then you'd bring that data back analyze it that could take two to three years and so we're seeing that really get compressed now um and it's really it's really good for you and me because we're seeing drugs that really change our lives get to market much quicker absolutely and still safely
1: So I mean that's the the fantastic examples of you know how the industry in, in this domain has 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 shifted to, to face the circumstances of, of, of what was happening. What do you see, um, Brian, moving forward? What's your predictions now for connected health between
2: the next twelve to twenty four months? Things are moving so quickly. Oh uh, yeah. So 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 first of all. Um, enabling connected devices is a huge trend that's continuing to, to, to accelerate. Right. So, where we saw a heavy focus on remote patient monitoring for chronic disease management and getting you and I things like a blood pressure monitor, a pulse oximeter, a weight scale. Yeah. Now, it's expanding into more technologically advanced sensors, motion sensors that are very precise. So, for example, yeah. they can measure the, the effects of a drug on, on Alzheimer's or an MS patient, wow. balance, gait, yeah. and walk. Uh, You know, I'm talking something much more sophisticated than an Apple watch. I'm talking things that measure very, very precise movement. Um, ECGs, EKGs, um, drug delivery systems. So, neurotherapy, where you may have a chronic pain problem and you need to have um, very tightly monitored delivery of pain medication through an injection pump, that now can all be IoT-enabled to make sure that you're not overdosing, to make sure that you're not... Um, you know that you're getting the effective pain yeah. medication to manage that for yourself. So that's one area where we're just seeing connected sensors explode. The challenge for the industry is gonna be what to do with all that data, how to use it in a meaningful way. And then the second side of this is just the ubiquitous speed and bandwidth that's, that, start, that we're starting to see. So when you get into 5G, 5G is not necessarily as impactful on things like chronic disease management for monitoring a patient, because you don't need that that latency. bandwidth and speed. Yeah, yeah. But let me give you a scenario of a use case where you do. So a type one diabetic today has a, many will have an insulin pump, and they'll have a subdermal continuous glucose monitor. Will have a sensor in their skin, and that's continually monitoring their glucose levels. And then they have to dose themselves yeah, yeah. with the insulin pump based on their knowledge of how their body, for let's say you're you're in your 40s, how does your body for the last 20 years, based on what you ate today, how much you exercised, give yourself the correct insulin Mm -hmm. dosage? Well, imagine having ubiquitous high bandwidth connectivity where that insulin pump now has access to your entire history of how your body has processed insulin Mm -hmm. and glucose, and now it's connected to the cloud and it can give you much, much more detailed insight into how you should be dosing yeah, yeah. for your next dose, or it could,
1: or it could even potentially do it automatically. Right? It could, it could, and yeah. you know,
2: there's that we're going to get there. That's a, you know, that's the, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's the question of who's ready for that, right? Yeah. Like, who's ready yeah. for autonomous airplanes? Are you yet? Yeah, I'm, I'm mentally not. I, I know I'm, the technology's go, there. i have
1: goaded an autonomous car later on with Halo. We're going to do that, and yeah. I'm, I'm like this. Yeah, it, it is that, that 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 point of trust, right? right. Where but you, you made me think of something brian that i think is really interesting and it was something i saw so we can't go anywhere without hearing about the metaverse right and we talk about metaverse use cases around education gaming shopping da 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 but i was at an event in seattle in september Chet and sharma's uh, mobile future forward event and I'll, I'll give you the name of the startup. It. it doesn't come to my mind right now but they put on the oculus headset and with a 5g Less than ten millisecond latency, were demonstrating remote surgery on a
2: patient. For Robotic a but, surgery. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so I have some good friends in healthcare that volunteer. They're surgeons, and they volunteer, and they they end up getting on planes and flying to third world countries and areas that are economically depressed, uh, as a you know as a um, uh, a charitable effort to offer you know improved healthcare care yeah. to people that normally can't don't have access to it so imagine with ubiquitous 5g networks now where you don't have to get on a plane and you've got a patient somewhere in you know sub-Sahara Africa that needs a critical surgery and there's a very specific expertise with surgeon that yeah. has it available with robotic surgery and that speed of communication I think yeah. we're going to see that start to happen yeah. I mean fact, robotic yeah. surgery is real today it's just a question of the surgeon standing Next to the robot in the room with you, and five G enables it to be potentially remote. Exactly,
1: exactly. Brian, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. On this particular topic, I could talk for hours because, again, it's one of those the benefits benefits of it to society and humanity are just uncalculable. Really, they're they're so positive, and I think that's one of the things that we see at this show is that the, the tech for good, not just for dollars and cents, yeah, the right. dollars and cents helps, and yeah. the, but the tech for good and what the new industrial revolution and all the technologies that coalesce around 5G, it's, it's really inspiring, right? You, you must, it, is. it must be, it your is. Job must be very enjoyable. Yeah, and when
2: I got into, I mean, back when I got into this, we called it M2M, not IoT, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah. it was an intriguing area for me, and as soon as I really started to get deep into health, healthcare, it was very quickly that I realized, the real impact this was having on patients' lives. Right, and right. I just heard a story last night, you know, uh, one of our ecosystem partners is making an automated pill dispenser that helps seniors, you know, some seniors take 13, 14, 16 pills a day. Mm. And I found out that the founder of this company lost his mother because she, miss, uh, she mistook her pills for a particular condition. It was a very simple thing that if she had right. just but she didn't have the guidance, she was elderly, she was had early onset Alzheimer's, and without a device like this, it became really problematic. It was like Russian roulette, was she taking her meds the way she right. should? Yeah. And this inspired this gentleman to kind of make a student body left move in his career and go develop this solution because he saw what it could do wow. to really impact somebody's life. Wow. So
0: Absolutely. when I see
2: us playing in that space and having that kind of impact, I wake up every morning energized and really excited about what we do. Not that I wouldn't normally be in business anyways, but. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's There's that the, extra factor.
2: It's exactly. Great, right, brilliant. So Brand, do you
1: know how we finish now? We finish uh, with what we call our TGI to go quick fire round. Okay. I'm going to ask you five questions, multiple choice. You have two options and you just state your preference. Okay. And it just helps our listeners get a better insight into your personality. Okay. And it's a bit of fun to finish. Sure, sure. Okay, so are you ready? This is TGI to go. TGI to go. Question number one, Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin? Dean Martin. Okay. Everybody has said Dean Martin today. Everybody said Vegas. Frank Sinatra. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna tell Larissa as well. She said, nobody's heard of Dean Martin. And I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, there we go. Blackjack or roulette? Blackjack. Yeah.
2: And are you going to have an opportunity to... Uh... Played a couple times. Went up once, a couple hundred bucks. Went down once, a couple hundred bucks. So what I do is when I come to Vegas, I put a specific amount of money in one pocket. Right. And if, and, and when it's sense. gone, it's gone and I move on. That's very sensible. That's yeah. very sensible. New York or Los Angeles? New York.
1: Yeah. That's self-explanatory. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Mm-hmm. And this is why, I, I don't know why we're asking people this question, but it, it has elicited some interesting answers.
2: Singing or dancing? Singing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Not that I'm a singer, but.
1: Are I, you in a band or anything?
2: I, I, I was uh, in, a, in a brass band, not, ah, not okay. a singing band, right. growing up and spent a lot of time right. in that. It was in the Ohio State University marching band, which is oh, right. one of my proud moments. Yeah. Um, but you know, those of us who like to fancy singing, thinking we could sing, I can carry a tune, but you don't want to hear much beyond <laughs> that. <laughs>
1: Well, brilliant. Uh, Brian, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. Likewise, nice to meet you. Thank you for being a guest on The Great Indoors. Thanks for having us. Okay, so my next guest here on The Great Indoors, MWC 2022 here. In Las Vegas is a fellow Brit, Steve Statler from Williot. Steve, welcome to The Great Indoors.
0: Oh, it's a great pleasure to be with you in Excellent. this uh, wonderful environment you have here in uh, the heart of MWC. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Right, Steve, so
1: give us an overview of, of what you do at Williot because we had a little bit of a chat before about it, and it's quite fascinating. What's the, the elevator pitch, if you will, in two minutes?
0: Very good. So Williot is um, a cloud software company, uh, but we also are a semiconductor designer, and uh, we give away the chip designs and sell the cloud software, and, but it all sits on this thing which is basically a postage stamp sized computer that powers itself by harvesting its energy from radio waves. So it's a battery free Bluetooth device. And as I say, it's sticker-sized and it has got an ARM processor in it. It uh, can sense things like temperature and fill level, dilution of the things that the sticker is nearby. And then it communicates with phones and other Bluetooth devices. And uh, what we're doing is connecting every single thing to the Internet, not just the old world of cars and uh, shipping containers, and appliances but the things that are inside the shipping containers cars and uh, appliances food uh, medicine clothing everything
1: it it sounds amazing and well for for so many different reasons so give me a real example of what this will enable now because we talk about iot frequently we have done for years we're right in this new uh, revolution of all the technologies coalescing around 5G. But this innovation in itself is fascinating. It give me a real use case how that would manifest itself in this new world.
0: I'll give you a couple. So uh, one, your podcast started when COVID started, and yeah. one of our use cases was actually triggered by uh, a customer of ours, one of the large pharmaceutical companies, who wanted to be able to track and trace COVID vaccine vials. Oh, okay. So, um, shipping, you know, lots of them, that's all done with conventional IoT uh, devices, the cryogenic chambers. Mm-hmm. But what about that vaccine vial when it gets taken out of the chamber and it goes from the refrigerator to the clear clinic and, the, and gets in the hands of the, the nurse? Has it been left out in the sun? Is the vaccine actually gonna do its thing? or has it been left out in an environment that that will mean that it actually does you no good at all? And so the challenge that they paid us to respond to was integrating our postage stamp tag and actually making it smaller, small enough to wrap around one of these vaccine vials and to measure the temperature, but also the fill level and whether it had been diluted properly, because you want it to be diluted before it goes into your arm. And so we we did that. And that's one of the projects that um, I'm, most proud of. It's, it's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. It's one that hasn't really scaled for reasons that I'll come to, not because of our technology, but because of the ecosystem. That's why it's exciting to be here um, talking about the prospect of this technology, ambient IoT, as we call it, becoming part of the future of the technology that everyone in this conference uses, 5G yeah. and 6G. So that's one use case, and I want to talk about another one, which is scaling, which is in a way less exciting but also very potent, which is putting these stickers onto plastic crates that are used to take produce, zucchinis and tomatoes and strawberries, from farms into stores. So basically farm-to-store, cold chain. And what we do is we just allow a conventional plastic crate to become smart and connected. You stick these stickers on the crate and suddenly it's like turning the lights on and you can suddenly see all of the crates all of the time, uh, their entire path. And the, the, the reason why this is taking off is that the ROI is like trivial to calculate. You can have, rather than having to buy five million crates if you're a grocery store, you can buy four million because you know where they all are. Right. And you can manage right. where the pool more efficiently. Also, you can stop them getting lost and disappearing. So that's one of the problems with these more sustainable plastic crates is they cost more, and when you lose them, that that's, uh, costs more money. But the unexpected benefits, so that was kind of like the table stakes, here's how we get the project off the ground. What we found was uh, not only can you monitor the, the crates, but you can monitor what's in them. So you right. can start to get visibility on the state of the perishable products and you can take a supply chain that the, the retailer in this case thought that it was a three-day supply chain and sometimes it was actually taking six days. So when strawberries take six days rather than three days, you, you know what happens, they're, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. looking so good, they're not yeah, tasting yeah, so yeah. good, they, you get them home and you're kind of disappointed. So yeah. by tracking the crates you can see, oh there's, a, there's like 30 crates that have been stuck at the back of that packing shed and this FIFO, first in first out, actually turned into a LIFO and stuff's going bad. And yeah, so yeah. we enabled Israel's largest retailer, a company called Shufersal, to, to spot that, to instrument their cold chain from farm to store. And now what they're doing is they're moving uh, from first in first out at the store to uh, ripest first. So when crates of produce come in the back of a Shufersal, if it's- one is actually riper, they can push that out uh, and get it sold and start to eat away this terrible problem of food waste, which is a big part of what's afflicting the, 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 the planet. 40% of food is wasted yeah. before it gets to, to, yeah. to the store. So those are two use cases. There's the vaccines and the produce, but there's so many more, so yeah. many more.
1: No, but I think it's, again, it follows the theme of what we talk about on, on this podcast. And you pointed to two really great examples there of technology making a significant uh, impact on some of the biggest societal challenges we face, right? And, and the food uh, one I think is really interesting. We're members of the 5G Open Innovation Lab. We were part of the food resiliency um, project in Snomish County in, in Washington. But we looked at the food crisis, and like you said, the amount of food that just perishes before it can get anywhere. And this is a clear example of where this can streamline supply chains and, and prevent that awful waste that's happening. It's a great example.
0: It is cool, and that's one of the things that's you know driving our growth uh, at the moment. And uh, you know, Williot as a company, we're very fortunate. We have amazing investors: Verizon, NTT DoCoMo, mm-hmm. SoftBank led a two hundred million dollar investment round at the end of last year, PepsiCo, Qualcomm. So, you know, our challenge is not is this technology interesting and disruptive it is. It's how quickly can we get this to realize its full potential and in a sense we have a problem which is we're highly differentiated and novel and we've recognized that that's actually slowing down the adoption of this technology because um, you know we're relying on partners to apply this to so many other use cases but It needs momentum. And that's why we're super excited to be here at MWC, because it marks the start of another odyssey in this um, telco industry that we're all part of, which is um, 5G and 6G embracing ambient IoT and having some of this technology actually integrated into the stack that will make it much more pervasive. So for Mm -hmm. Williot, it's a very important time. Uh, we're sort of giving up some of the novelty we're contributing our technology to that standards effort yeah but yes there'll be more com- competition there'll be more choice but we mm. think that things like that vaccine vial use case that didn't scale because because it needed hospitals and drug distribution companies to all get the infrastructure yeah. in place that that gets so much easier when it becomes just part of 6G yeah so let's talk about I love
1: that term ambient IoT. Yes. And the first time I heard it was when we spoke before. Yes. Steve. Is that your? T- is that come from you? Your t- or is that well? We've been an using acknowledged it, like An acknowledged term. It's an
0: acknowledged term. Ambient computing, uh, ambient IoT. Um, these are actually terms that are now being used by 3GPP as they debate what's going to go into release 18 and release 19. So, mm-hmm. yes, it's one that we've been talking about, but it, it's worth unpacking we see ambient in two ways. One is ambient in terms of a power source. Uh, you know, We don't have batteries. We're harvesting energy from ambient sources yeah. like the radio waves that, that surround us. We can harvest energy from phones, from the telecommunications, from the cellular signals, as well as from the Bluetooth signals. So that's one half of ambient. It's getting power from everywhere. But the other half is putting intelligence everywhere, having, uh, starting to put these uh, computer connections into every single thing so everything becomes connected. And that's gonna take our industry from an industry we're measuring billions to trillions because the tags are gonna be literally in the furniture. One of our customers makes furniture and they want tags to know how many chairs there are in a meeting room and whether yeah. people are sitting on them and helping with the recycling of them so you know what's in the chair. Mm-hmm. So it'll be in the furniture, it'll be in the wallpaper, it'll be in the uh, care label on your clothing so wow. that your washing machine will know uh, that yep. you've got red shirts and white shirts in the same load and or it's at the <laughs> wrong temperature. Uh, it'll be in the refrigerator looking at the Tupperware uh, knowing that you've got food that's going to be going off soon so here's a recipe for, for using it up that's you know the really interesting part of ambient is not the yeah. power technology it's the, the power of the internet everywhere to solve the big problems around supply chain efficiency you know how you and I get our, to cash in our pension check we, we need more efficiency and productivity yeah. and the the last thing is is climate change where this can have a massive impact.
1: I've always remembered because IOT to me is always an evolution of M2M right where we were and we have been there we always talked about smart meters and 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 power uh, and the economics of it were always a little bit is the environmental climate change piece that based on ambient IoT and your technology being uh, completely independent of any power source or are there other elements that can add to the climate change? So question? yes,
0: it's that. It's This is a much more sustainable way of getting connectivity, is getting rid of the, the batteries and yeah. reusing the energy that surrounds us. If we could see the radio waves around us, this would be like a Technicolor. It would be like we were on LSD or something. We'd yeah, just be seeing color everywhere.
1: I've seen that before because we did a video back in the day where we said if you could see it, and we put it in the
0: video, and it's
1: crazy, right?
0: Well, come to our booth because right. we're actually using augmented reality to superimpose the the the, the data from our tags, uh, right. and you can see the color of the tags as they start to uh, broadcast in the temperature. That, that wasn't a plug. I was. No, I want to, I, I,
1: you're allowed to plug. Honestly, plug away. <laughs>
0: The, the important point is about the environment. So you were asking, is it beyond uh, just a more sustainable IoT yeah. ed- edge node? And it is. It's really there's three things that we can do to make a huge difference in terms of climate change. One is moving to dynamic real-time carbon accounting. The the LCAs that are part of what the ESG Uh, heads are are doing to everyone's having to measure their carbon footprint now thanks to the sec rules that just went into effect thanks to the eu EU rules every company is going to have to know what its carbon footprint is and people are panicking right and they're trying to get their annual audit of what our carbon footprint is but that's not good enough we need to have real-time carbon accounting if we're gonna make progress and really hit and exceed these deadlines and avert disaster. We've got to know what the carbon footprint is in real time so that and give that data to everyone, not just the ESG head, but uh, the the guy that's managing the, the truck scheduling, the lorry scheduling, the delivery scheduling uh, of, of products, and he can say, oh, we've got the uh, I can see that we've got the the coolers on the the, the containers that are sitting out the back of the store and our carbon footprint's going up. And because I've got tags on everything in there, I can can see what my carbon footprint is in real time. So that moving from annual to real-time carbon accounting is thing number one that's going to help save the planet. Yeah, And the other things are just related to efficiency. If I can see everything in, in the in the supply chain and I can see that there's a stack of strawberries that's on the, the shop floor that hasn't been put in the cooler and I can let the store manager know, then I can make the supply chain more efficient and I can basically spot problems. That's the yeah. second thing. And then the last thing is something called demand chain, which is another term that we didn't make up, but we're using it a lot more than most, which is giving companies that make things visibility of inventory at the shelf level through the wholesale channel. So if I make car parts, I might have 100,000 distributors around the United States. If I don't know what my inventory level is in those, then I basically have to make twice as much as I would do normally because I'm just stuffing it through the channel. If someone turns God mode on, back to the computer simulation thing, and I can see everything everywhere, then I can make a lot less of my car parts, because I know that I'm not out of stock in 50,000 of these outlets, and I don't just have to brute force shove things through the supply chain, so that demand chain intelligence also means that I can use smaller trucks. Yeah, exactly. I can yeah, go yeah. more direct routes. I don't have to do a milk round. I can yeah. just send to places that are out of stock. So that's very important that we need to do with this technology. Yeah. And I'm really pleased that 3GPP is embracing it and they're moving forward faster than we were expecting yeah. in adopting yeah.
1: it. Well, look, Steve, i really enjoyed our conversation. And what I think was so poignant about your last point you made there is I always ask people, if technology could help us overcome COVID, help bridge the digital divide, can it ultimately help solve the biggest problem facing humanity, which is climate change? And you just gave me the first ever clear, real, tangible reality of how it can do so. So I think that's incredible.
0: Yeah, and the great thing is everyone in this ecosystem can help. Let's move forward, let's share the technology, let's get ambient IoT integrated into the phones, into the base stations.
1: Brilliant. Well, Steve, look, I really enjoyed our conversation. We now finish with our TGI To Go round, which is quick-fire multiple choice. Okay. All you have to do is give me your preference. All right. Okay, TGI To Go.
0: TGI To Go.
1: Question one. Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin?
0: Frank Sinatra. Okay,
1: that's great. He'll he'll be here at 3pm, by the way. That's amazing what we'll uh, a British question for you here: fish and chips or
0: curry? Oh my goodness! Curry, uh, I, I I love both, but Friday night was always curry night in our household no. when I lived back in England. And where where do
1: you live now in the US? In
0: San Diego. In San Diego, is there many good Indian restaurants? There there are. Oh. You have to look for them though, and 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 every time you go in and you you say I want it hot, they give it. To you anemically unspicy <laughs> because they look at you and they're like this guy can't take it whereas in England you would get something that gets the endorphins going. Slots or roulette? Uh, roulette
1: yeah
0: it's got more style more it's more of a it's it's a team sport you know.
1: Liverpool or Manchester? I just put that one in there it's another <laughs> British question.
0: Wrexham ah.
1: I'm from near Wrexham. So. Oh, Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Amazing, you've been, you've been show. Watching the Amazing show. Amazing show. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. just—I I
0: can't. I'm rooting for them. Yeah, rooting yeah. for them. Brilliant. Running or kayaking? Oh, I like both. Uh, kayaking is. Uh, I, I. San Diego's got some great uh, waters, so I, I yeah. do kayak occasionally. Excellent.
1: Well, there we go. That finishes uh, the TGI to go round, uh, Steve. I want to say thank you very much for joining us here at the Great Indoors. I hope you enjoy the rest of the week. What are you, uh, apart from what we talked about there in the the chat you have tomorrow, what are you looking forward to seeing here or what
0: you're hoping to get out of it? Um, I'm just looking forward to having more conversations like this, maybe not on the air with you're all all, so many people listening but just with other people in this ecosystem for us it's a new ecosystem we've been talking to the bluetooth ecosystem which is great but the cellular ecosystem is just an amazing group we can really make a difference as a group so i'm looking forward to more conversations about how we can partner and collaborate and just getting the word out brilliant
1: well thank you uh, thank you very much again steve and enjoy the rest of your
0: week Uh, it's been a privilege and a pleasure excellent
1: yet another great conversation from here in las vegas so stay tuned for more and also check out amdocs.com forward slash the great indoors for more information back episodes and videos associated with tgi i'm matthew roberts here in las vegas for amdocs see you next time wherever you are.